Welcome to Oakham Bros. This is Eric. And I'm Michael. Today we have on Jonathan Palmar. I hope I'm saying that right. Jonathan Palmar, I, I, he is, his LinkedIn content is so damn inspirational. And I just want to say, I don't, not many people know this about Jonathan, but in his off time, he's Aquaman. <laughs> <laughs> we, tried, we tried to get Jason Momoa on the show, but we got Jonathan, the next best thing. It, next it's best like you're, you guys are literally getting the Walmart version of Jason Momoa. So I'm so <laughs> sorry to be like whatever you guys could pick up on the discount rack, but I feel like it says more about you guys than it does about me. So just saying. <laughs> we appreciate you coming on, Jonathan. I'm yes, happy I, to be here. I got to tell you, your LinkedIn content is I mean, it's it's top notch. The quality, the the entertainment value. And the your, first time, I want to I want to be honest. Yeah, the first time I saw your content, I was like, this this doesn't make any sense. Like I like it it, it was so it was so good, but it just kept it kept me coming in every pause, every like micro pause that you had in it. It just kept me coming back for more, and I'm like, I have to see what he's going to finish. How long does it take you to make those pieces of content? too much time um i average i i used to average about an hour or so per video but now i'm like upwards of 10 hours per video so wow. it takes like about like 10 hours recording producing editing that whole process but let me explain why so people think like well why do you want to put so much time into a piece of content but and maybe this is something we can get into through the sure. interview but in terms of lead generation I am actually lazy and insecure. Number one, I'm lazy because I don't want to be sending out a bunch of invitations. I don't want to be sending out and, you know, like booking appointments to do cold calls. Number two, I'm insecure. I'm not the best at selling. I'm not good at closing. So I thought to myself, in, instead of investing all the hours into doing that, I would much prefer for people to come to me. Even if that means that I have to do more work on the front end, it's saving me hours and hours of booking and cold calls on the back end. So what, what is it? What do, what do yeah. you do? So I know like you're like a LinkedIn celebrity. Yes. But like, what, <laughs> what does that, what does that mean? What do you, what do you, what are you selling? All right. So essentially what we do is we do like LinkedIn coaching, right? So it is a six week boot camp where we teach executives, business owners, aspiring entrepreneurs, aspiring influencers, how to develop content for the LinkedIn newsfeed to optimize their results. So regardless of what industry you're in, you guys know you need to be on camera. You need to put yourself out there. If you're not on LinkedIn, if you're not on social media, you are essentially irrelevant in the world right now, especially the time we're living in. So, and there's no better place than LinkedIn to make money, business to business opportunities, as you guys I'm sure know. Yep. So that's kind of why I planted my feet there. Do you you put the fun into LinkedIn because LinkedIn is generally like so like. I came out with these top 10 lists and I was putting them on LinkedIn and everything. And it was, it was translating into engagement, but right. you literally are like a Saturday night live sketch on LinkedIn. How did you, how did you even know to do this? Um, it, I think it's, it's always like recognizing like what is, where's the gap, what, what's missing. Right. And what I noticed is that when it came to LinkedIn, the content wasn't necessarily entertaining. And like you would think, okay, but it's LinkedIn. LinkedIn is like a business networking platform, right? right? But at the end of the day, and you guys have to be extremely honest with yourselves, when you pick up your phone and you decide, I'm going to log into LinkedIn and I'm going to go through the newsfeed, why are you really doing it? It's not necessarily because you want to learn the newest factoid about you know the accounting business. 
It's because you're bored. You're taking a minute or two between emails, phone calls, whatever it may be, and you want something, right? So essentially what I decided to do on LinkedIn is I wanted to cure boredom. And I felt like regardless of what people believe about LinkedIn, it is still a social media platform. People are still going there to be entertained. So I thought to myself, that's great. You know, it's almost like, you know, people are running in a marathon. I want to be the one selling the bottles of water. I want to ensure that, you know, while the focus is one way, it's it's on the race. You know, I'm, I'm providing a service on the side that people need. So that's brilliant. That's absolutely brilliant. Is this, is it translating? Are people going on? Are they taking your, and you, you're with Shea. Uh, Shea Robottom, yeah. Shea Robottom. It, it's, it, are people able to break out of that shell? Are people saying like, I can do this? And is it translating to more business for them? Um, it is, it is. Because like, for example, we we have one client that uh, she's a lawyer. She's a, you know, and in terms of the type of content that she's always put out, it's, it's very serious. It's very, you know, on the nose uh, relating to her business. But she's always had this passion to be a mermaid. Like a mermaid. Like, okay. like the fins and everything. Like she okay. wants to be a mermaid. That was kind of like her, her like childhood dream or what have you. And I said, then you need to be a damn mermaid. You need to put yourself out there. So she literally put on her mermaid outfit in fear as a serious lawyer, practicing lawyer. And she did a video talking about that, that side of her. And it blew up. Of course she linked, she linked her YouTube, which she's been wanting to launch for years linked her YouTube and it got over 4,000 views on the first day. Wow. So for people that don't think that LinkedIn has, uh, you know, it's too small, there's not a lot of opportunity there. We all know that YouTube is absolutely massive. That link that she put in LinkedIn to YouTube made her YouTube blow up. And people love the fact that she is embracing who she really is, not who society has dictated she needs to be. Mm -hmm. You got her. You know, like that's why we started our show. We started Oaken Bros. Um, you know, we found, we realized that we had to, uh, we, we just for your reference, we run a global car service. We've been decimated by COVID-19, but, you know, we're regrouping. We're doing what we have to do. And I would say a, a 14 or 15 months ago, we started our show and it started out as a platform for us to kind of peel back the veil of who we were, how we're running a family business. And, um, you know, and once we, we did 60 episodes of us talking about how we're a family business, we're like, okay, we, we, we did, we did that, you know, like we can talk about it over and over again. You can talk about one topic, a hundred different ways. Like we get that, but we're like, okay, what are we going to do? And then we started interviewing people. And then now our show is kind of turning into, um, an like interview Joe Rogan, right? Yeah, like, Joe Rogan yeah. like, like yeah. what Joe Rogan is doing. And, um, it's it's been great on LinkedIn, and not every post hits. Um, they're not our my my clips are not as entertaining as yours are, um, and it's you you're you're making my brain go crazy with the mermaid comment because I'm like I'm like how can like I'm trying to think how can we be more ourselves? Right. How how can we how can we even lay it out even more? Right, right. That's exactly what it is. Like, and you know, not not here to give you like a therapy session, but I think it's just. It's we all need into, it. We all need it. We'll go right ahead. It's 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 tapping into some of those vulnerabilities, some of those uncomfortable conversations, those those things that you know. And, and I'm sure we can speak to it soon, but I'll let you guys introduce the idea. It's just like those things that are the absolute most vulnerable vulnerable about ourselves. 
also tend to be some of the most relatable. The thing is, is that so many people, executives, people in higher positions, like they're all still humans. They're still people. And, you know, one of the things that I love about the, the career that I have right now is I have the ability to do these things, say these things um, without the, the fear of ridicule or judgment or, you know, like my job saying that I can't do it. So you do find that a lot of these executives, these corporate types that you would think, oh, well, you know, like they, they wouldn't they wouldn't go there. They wouldn't want to do this. It's like, no, like you end up actually like they live vicariously through you, through the fact that you can be so, you know, open and uh, they support you because there's a part of them that wishes they could do that themselves. Yeah, I got to tell you, you know, we we own a global car service and it was it was nerve-wracking to put ourselves out there because we're a very private company, right? Like we can't say who we drive, we can't say who's in the back of the car. There's a lot of privacy stuff and we wouldn't want ever a client to come and go, look at these two fools, right? Look at these guys. These guys are putting themselves out there. And I got to tell you it was the complete opposite effect, so much so that we're doubling down. We're going even bigger than before that we, you know, we, we have our wives on a podcast. Um, Eric and I are doing an AMA. We're now going to start doing a happy hour, Friday night happy hour with our clients because I did, I did a post on my Facebook page. By the way, I just joined Facebook a month ago. Okay. What? I just, where have you been? Bro, you were avoiding it. You were. I was avoiding it. it. Yeah, yeah, very, very clearly. I was avoiding it it. because, because you didn't get it when you don't get social media. Yeah. It's, we didn't, you didn't, we didn't get it. And then we were on LinkedIn for two years Yeah, and then we're like, you know what, let's go into pace, but nobody tells you how good it is. Like it's, it's like one big secret. It's like, I never knew, like we, we joined uh, a country club two years ago and cause we, cause we wanted to play golf. We knew people growing up that joined country clubs and they never once told us you got to join it. It's great. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, that's what I feel right. like Facebook is like, everyone's just like, yeah, it's fine. It is what it is. But like, I guess maybe just because wh- whatever also, we get out of it. But also Eric and I started posting what you're doing on LinkedIn. We're, we're not putting ourselves out there like that. And I have tremendous respect for what you're doing, but to make these skits. Um, so cool. It, yeah. it's, I want to do it like so Gary badly. Vee. It's like, uh, con- yes. no, it's, Gary- it's, not, it's not Gary V. It's, it's different. It's like, it's like, uh, it's like a, it's like a YouTube channel. But you're doing it on LinkedIn. You're giving so m- you're giving away the secret sauce on how to be successful on LinkedIn, and it's so damn cool. Do you have a YouTube channel? Um, it's really funny, actually. <clears throat> I I've never had a YouTube channel. Like to be honest with you, I started on LinkedIn in January of this year. So it's wow. It's what? it's been yeah. It's been a very like I had never been on like to give some background. I was Please. a I was a WWE professional wrestler like early, like 18 to 23. Like that was like my what dream your, job. What was your, what was your like name? So you could search a uh, Y2J 2007. It was Chris Jericho. He's like, I was basically like, uh, I was an extra, but like I was an enhancement talent is what they call it. So basically I was training. I was trying to like get signed to like a full-time contract. They have a developmental crew, which I was a part of, but um, yeah. So like that was my dream. And then I became a forensic accountant because like dream didn't realize, like, you know, it's like the, you look at guys like that and I know that it's an orchestrated sport, you know, so it doesn't always get the respect that it deserves, but the level of athleticism and talent that the top guys have, like, it's just, uh, 
They're out of this stars. world. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. despite the fact that I could articulate, obviously, and I could entertain, I didn't have like the athletic side to back me up. I, I didn't come from an athletic background. So, um, but all of that to say that, you know, when I came, when it came time to create video content for LinkedIn, I was like, ah, I've, I've done this stuff before. You know what I mean? So um, the transition was, was, was very, very easy to, to this platform. But how did, yeah. How did you get hooked up with Shay Robottom? Um, it, my dad had a forensic accounting firm. And uh, so we wanted to rebrand. Again, it was one of those cases of 20 years in business had no, um, like we were irrelevant. We just didn't exist in the world because we had no, we had no digital presence, right? We had a website from like 2005 that just never been updated. So many businesses are guilty of this, right? And so um, I saw that she was making videos and I was like, oh, that looks kind of like fun. But, you know, she she really talks about generating leads and, you know, making money for your business. So it's like we're all co we're all covert. Whatever the motivation is, it's not really what it is. Right. So, like, you know, there's there's an agreement. Shay plays the game and says, oh, yeah, you're you're joining this boot camp because you want leads for your business and you want to make more money. And then through the experience, you both start to recognize, like, no, it's like. There was a message in my heart I wanted to share. There was things that I wanted to talk about. There were parts of me that I wanted to bring to the surface. You know, I had things I wanted to say. And that's what you recognize with most of the people that, that go through this experience. We go in believing it's one thing and we come out of it, you know, like recognizing the fact that there was actually something much deeper to all of this. So, yeah, that's, that's I amazing. I mean, you know, like this, our content journey online, Michael's an author, our mother is an author. Michael writes screenplays, my mom writes screenplays, and you know, our father passed away February uh, 2018. Wow. And my mom has always had an, an intuition about her. And I've, you know, I don't know if you're into this sort of thing at all. But she Absolutely. started, she started taking mediumship lessons. And wow. um, she was she basically trained to be a medium for a year and everybody has that ability. And, um, on one of finally, I'm like, mom, I'm like, we, we, we could make a business out of this and you could help a lot of people. Um, because what was happening was she would be, she would, in, she would read somebody that worked for us. And then all of a sudden their uncle would call and then that wow. person, and then that person's sister would call and she wasn't charging anybody. She's like, I can't charge for this. I can't do that. I'm like, but mom, it's, it's taking, it's your it's taking time for you to do this. Right, right. Um, so, you know, 24 hours later, whipped up a website, did this whole thing, and then we had her live on one of our AMA shows, Essex Anything shows, and um, it went amazing. And now she's having bookings every single day. Oh my God, and God that, bless. That's, an, that's, that's, an addition, that's an addition to her having, um, you know, running BLS with us. And just for your frame of reference, January 2020, we had 750 employees. Wow. Today we have uh, around 150. So obviously, no way our, you doubled it. No, that's no, crazy. Yeah, no, no. We had 750. Now we have 150. Oh, I'm sorry. So I'm sorry, we, sorry yeah, sorry, we got yeah. we we got killed. We we got oh, killed. So got it, you got know, it. we're we're all about having multiple gigs. Michael's trying to you know have his books made in Hollywood and stuff like that. But my point is, is that if you would have told us that my mom would be doing psychic mediums live on air. 18, 18 months ago, I would have said you're 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 crazy, right? You know, like right. like what 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 does this lead to? So now we created her own YouTube channel, and you know we're we're gonna try and and do things like that. But yeah, your story is so similar, and I just wish um, people would understand that creating brand online. If you're not doing it, you're just gonna get lost. You're 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 not going to exist. 
people have like they 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 struggle with this fear of uh the judgment right like and it's it, it it's so oh like i wish i could just like i wish i could talk to every single one of them and tell them it's like you know and and most of what we do through the coaching services is giving people permission that's literally how it feels it, it literally feels like we're just giving them permission there's so much negative self-talk there's so much negative beliefs around, you know, my business reputation. I have to do this, this and that. You know, people are going to laugh at me. People are going to make fun of me. It's like the way that people will, you know, a 60-year-old executive, multi-million dollar revenue per year will essentially turn back into a five-year-old and listen to a guy that has been creating social media content for less than a year, yet he wants my perspective on how he should move forward with business. It's right. like, there's a lot of imposter syndrome that comes into play where I feel like, dude, I have no right to be saying anything, but just listen, you know, taking the time to listen to their stories and understand like their pain points, some of their experiences and just telling them, no, look, I did it. I did it. You, you can do it too. You know, mm -hmm. sometimes that's all that person needs to just start expressing themselves in a way that they've been holding back for 20 years. And it's just the most incredible transformational process. So what you and Shay are doing, I mean, I never looked at it that way where you're changing who people are or you're, 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 you're letting them be themselves. Right. That's right. That's a, that's amazing. Right. You it's gotta, just you giving gotta, them permission. Just giving yeah. them permission. I, I, I'm still kind of floored that you, I'm talking to a wrestler. From WWE. <laughs> I, I, I really I've been listening to everything that you've been saying and I'm fascinated by your story, but I kind of want to rewind just a little bit. Go for Please it. do. Please How do. the hell I I my my son and I it was a phase for him. Like we went to WrestleMania in New York uh last year. How did you get into the WWE? And did you meet oh Vince McMahon? Who did you yes. meet? Yes. Like I, I know this is all about social marketing and networking. No, 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 no. Get into get to that. But like on. I have to talk to a wrestler right now because Wrestling has been a huge part of my life for my entire our, life. Our grandfather used to sit on the couch, pick his nose, and he Bruno like, San Martino. Yes, but was like Bruno, I, Bruno, one of your guys. Bruno, I mean, it was really the match that did it for me was Hulk Hogan versus Andre the Giant, right? And I know oh, that was just on the documentary. Yeah. Yes, that was the match. Where get I was bigger than that. I was at my grandfather's that. house. We were with my uncles. Eric was a little baby. I was in kindergarten, and I was like. What is, what is, I've never seen something this big before. And it was, right. I was, we were stuck. And like, obviously like when I got into dating and everything, I kind of stopped watching wrestling. I, I wasn't into the Steve Austin, the rock era, but how, all right. So wrestling, how did you get into the WWE? Did you write it down? Did you manifest saying I'm going to work for WWE? Tell us that entire story. Most, I'm, I'm it's, fascinated. It's the most, yeah. It's the most incredible story. So um, when I was a kid, I was bullied a lot. I was like kind of short, chubby, like I, I had a gross bird. Now I'm about six two, but the short, chubby kid, you know, just like uh, very socially awkward. I remember like walking around the hallways of school during lunch so that nobody could notice that I was like sitting by myself. So join the I had club. A lot of <laughs> join the club. <laughs> right. So, you know, I had a lot of those like impactful moments in my life. And I remember like watching one wrestler in specific, his name was Chris Jericho. And uh, mm -hmm. like, I just remember he wasn't the biggest guy, but he was so confident on the microphone, the way that he articulated, talked, the way that he wrestled everything. Like I was just floored. Right. Cause like everybody liked Austin and the rock. And I was like, eh, you know, it's like, I, like, I don't want to like what everybody else likes. It's boring. You know? So I, I gravitated towards this one guy. So um, basically from the moment that I was about 12, 13, I, I started taking the steps to 
make this a reality for me. So, you know, like I joined gymnastics and all the kids made fun of me, you know, because it's like, uh, you know, you're like, you're like prissy, like you're a twink gymnast, whatever, you know, I didn't care. We, you know? we tap, we tap danced. Okay. <laughs> I yeah, like I, that. I like yeah. that. That is a our, skill. That is our a mother taught us skill. Tap. Yeah, our mother taught us how to like ballroom dancing. dancing. Ballroom yep. dancing. Oh, that's like, amazing. We get it. That's we get it. The theme, yeah. the, the theme for my bar mitzvah was Broadway shows. So wow, really, yeah. really, yeah. that's, yeah. that's kind of my alley because like to, I'm, to a I'm a mermaid. I'm a mermaid. You're a mermaid. To transition, like I, I took a lot of theater, so now you have to imagine like the the way that like high school kids look at a guy that's in gymnastics and theater, what the misconceptions are going to be, right? It wasn't 2020. It was like 06, 07. So the way that kids treated you was, was much different than society now. I'd, I'd assume, I don't know. But anyways, so uh, graduate high school by chance, Superfly Jimmy Snuka, who was a legend in the eighties, nineties. Um, he had a wrestling school 20 minutes away from me. So basically I, I walked into the school and Again, it was the bullying. They called me skinny fat. They said, there's no way that we're going to train you. And it was just like, again, it's like, you know, Karate Kid, like any, like Rocky, you tap into all of these resources. And it's just like, I just kept coming back. I just kept coming back. You know, they'd hurt me. Like they'd hurt me. They'd beat me up. You come back, hurt me, beat me up, come back. And it's just that relentless process. And then that same year, uh, Superfly, like he he goes up to WWE like whenever they're in town he'll go to the shows he brought me and Pat Patterson first Intercontinental Champion he's one of like the backstage guys he took one look at me and said that's the guy that we need for this thing that we're doing today so literally like again just like with LinkedIn within the first year I had this ridiculous amount of success like it was within my first year of training for WWE um, I was on television they they threw me on television and made me a part of the show. And this one still gives me goosebumps because like they didn't tell me what I was going to do. So my childhood hero, Chris Jericho, he had been basically retired. He retired in 05. And this is all on Google. You guys can search it. He had retired in 05. And the belief was he was never going to return again. He was done wrestling. He was going to be a musician, all these other things. And then he comes out of nowhere. I didn't even know he was going to be there. This is my childhood hero. Comes out of nowhere and shakes my hand and says, I guess we're working together tonight. Oh my God. That's and the, it was just that's like, the universe. That's, that's the universe. The, man. Yeah. That's the universe. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like all of those feelings, all of those emotions, being a kid that was beat up, broken down to now standing like right next to my hero working with him. It's just like, there's a God because there's a higher power out there. Cause there's no way statistically this could have happened. But yeah, that was my, my little WWE journey. Did you wrestle on TV? No, no, no. The The story was, is I would always like run with a torch, but before I could make it, I'd get hurt. Like somebody would clothesline me, beat me up. And it's just like, it was basically like, almost like the story of like my life. It's like, you're just trying to reach that point, but something brings you down. Something's got you. So yeah, it was, uh, and it was fun. I had a lot of fun with it. But you know, we, we talk about that all the time. Just, you know, we say, you know, the story of your life. We, we had a live show yesterday and we were talking about how our lives are, is one big no. Our lives are one big bag of no's. Everything about right. everything. Um, so true. So can, true. You know, can you read my book? Can you, can Hollywood buy? No. Uh, 
Um, you want to read a screenplay I wrote? Yeah. No. Will, you, will you like my post? Will you no. like my post? No. <laughs> will no. you listen to our po- No. So it's, you know, our father, it started with our father. Our father was Mr. No. It was, you know, dad, can I take the car this weekend? No. Dad, you know, dad, can we go out and hang up? No, no. Everything was no. And it was our responsibility to get to yes. Right. And with, with the bullying and with, with, you know, getting beaten down by people, life is all about setbacks. And to me, life is a movie. And right. if it, it, you know, if you were going to watch a movie in 90 minutes about a guy going through the entire movie and everything's just great and everything's amazing and everything's happening to him, you would never invest. You would never like be like, oh, give me my money back. I'm never going to watch this movie again. You want to see right. people get beaten down. Like, I don't know if you're a Lord of the Rings guy, but I always liken it to Lord of the Rings that like if Frodo just walked right to Mount Doom and threw the ring in and walked away, there'd be no movie. He right. lost a finger. He got his ass beaten. He, he was destroyed emotionally and mentally. That he was, was, that's yeah, all he of was, us. He was a changed man. He was a changed Afterwards. man. When, right. When, yeah. when that journey was over. So your journey brought you to LinkedIn. Do you feel that you're going to be, this is, this is your final job that, or you want to do something even bigger. You want to get back to WWE. I, I think that's the perception. I do get that a lot. I get a lot of questions like, you know, why aren't you doing YouTube? Why aren't you trying to do acting? Why aren't you trying to, you know, like expand on this? But I think that, you know, sometimes that that can be the mistake that people make. It's like, you know, you compromise the thing that brought you to the game, trying to reach for something else. And I feel like at least for right now, at least for the next couple of years, I'm in a really comfortable position with where what I'm doing right now. And I think that I need to embrace it make the most of it. And what's really interesting is just like, you know, by default, like when you build a huge presence on one social media platform, people start searching for you in other places, right? So I've built my Instagram, my Facebook, you know, even a YouTube page off the backs of my LinkedIn content where, because people will just do Google searches. They'll see where else you are. Is there content that he's creating that I haven't seen before? You know, right. because the belief is, well, he can't just be doing LinkedIn content. It's LinkedIn. You know, he's probably doing better stuff somewhere else. It's not true. I'm not. But, you know, right. the point being is that, yes, people will search for you in other places. But for right now, everything is going so great. I think that, I, you know, like I have a responsibility to make the most of this right now. So that's it. You, you had a video and it's it's a brilliant video. And I agreed with every word that was scripted in this video. And it was just this teacher talking to a student. And the teacher was talking about geometry and and I think the Pythagorean theorem or whatever. Right, and, right, right. And, and I'm 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 paraphrasing the here, structure but, of a cell and just like all the silly things that they, cursive. Why did you we, signed we, your checks? Right, you signed your. It was well, brilliant. Why did, why did they teach us cursive for? Like, have, have you? And they used said, it? Well, "Well, to sign your checks." Right, that was the, <laughs> right. the teacher's response. Right. But like, did you write that? Because that was genius. Yes. Yeah. No, I wrote it. I wrote it. There might've been like inspirations that I picked up from online, but like essentially the interaction it was. And it's so funny. Cause I was, I was a terrible student. I was a Me horrible too. student. And um, it's kind of like, it's ironic because like uh, it kind of like it completes the story, right? Like dad was so hard on me. Dad was so hard on me with my grades and stuff like that. That like really defined who I was as a kid. So what I'm finding through my LinkedIn content is it's, People think it's like, oh, well, he's doing this for business opportunities or for more brand awareness. And it's like, no, you know, my LinkedIn is a living journal. It's a yep. living journal where I, I express my my feelings, my experiences. And I think to a degree, that's why it works, why it resonates. Because all I'm talking about, it's, it's just a blank canvas and I'm just painting. 
And if people want to watch it, they want to watch me paint, they want to, you know, go to my museum and check out my art, it's all there for you to see. But it's 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 intent is for me to express myself. You know, I was I was I was learning disabled in school. My daughter is learning disabled. The jury's still out of my son. Like, it's fine, you know, like, but I was always told and I was it, it was always a lingering thing that because I wasn't good in school, because I couldn't get my Regents diploma or because I failed out of college or because of those things, I wasn't necessarily going to be successful in my life. Right. And right. it, I knew that I would. But, you know, I never met it was schooling is so important, right? Like every, everyone always focuses on college. You got to have a college degree. If you can't do school, you know, I couldn't study. I couldn't do those types of things. And honestly, it wasn't until my 30s where I realized that you don't have to be you don't have to have a traditional education to be successful in this world. Right. And that that goes into how maybe that's why I was always behind the scenes and I never had any social media. Maybe that's the reason why that I was always just kind of kept low key because I was embarrassed. And right. um really amazing that that you put that out there. And honestly, Gary Vaynerchuk, he puts out a lot of that about how he wasn't great in school and stuff like that. And it wasn't until I really started listening to him where I realized, no, you you don't have to do school to to be successful in this world. Jonathan, did you need an education to do what you're doing on LinkedIn? Did you feel that schooling, <laughs> I kind of know the answer already, but like, did you, feel that, you kind like, of know the answer. Yeah. Do you feel that your education like kind of propelled you to do this in, in, in other ways that the bullying you beaten down to get to this level of being this LinkedIn celebrity? Um, it's tough because I think it does just by default it creates more comfort with some of the clients we talk to, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's basically like, it's it's a sheet of paper that says, this person has a, a degree of authority in a specific field, you know? Sure. But like, you know, nuts and bolts, what I say that my marketing degree has helped me with, you know, the advice that I give on LinkedIn, absolutely not. No, it doesn't. Absolutely. You know, is it great that I learned some additional skills about finance and business? And, sure. Yeah, I, I guess. But sure. here's the thing, the time that we live in today, I could have probably learned all those things in you on YouTube a lot faster, more efficiently, and more modern than the textbook that was written seven years ago for a world that's moving far too fast that can't keep up. We're doing like so. This I'm, I love this topic. They don't teach you about mortgages in high school. They don't teach you about taxes in high school. They don't teach you about uh, landscaping in high school, sprinkler systems, how to change a tire, like the most obscure things. Yeah. Right. But, and our children are in that now. And I hope our kids are not going to be watching this because like what they're learning is just, it's asinine. It may, my son comes to me. Why am I learning this division multiplication? Day? Why do I have to hand write it out? I learned more on YouTube in the last five years than I learned in my entire school career. <laughs> I have, I have a degree in English. I have a minor in education. I have a secondary degree in finance. I have an MBA. And the joke is, is that what'd you do with your MBA? And I always say, I once ran out of toilet paper one day, <laughs> and I had my MBA right there and I wiped my ass with my MBA because it didn't do anything. I learned more sitting in my father's office. It's Tommy boy. You ever see Tommy boy? Of course, come on. Yes. All right. All right. That, so, like, we're that is one of the that's best, our movie. That is one of the best coming of age movies ever created. And like when I watched that when I was a kid, you watched it for Fat Guy in a Little Coat, right? You watched it right. because, Chris, because Chris Farley was funny. But then all of a sudden, you watch that when you're 29. 
You go, yes. oh my and God, you're like, Holy he's on a hero's shit. journey. He's on a hero's yes. journey. This, yes. this spot, his father was our father. He yes. could talk to people and Eric and I are going fat guy in a little coat. And he said, no, the heads, you know, the, the butcher has his head up the cow's ass. And he just keeps botching that line. School doesn't prepare a guy like you, a guy like me and a guy like my brother for the real world. And we had to learn it on our own. And the, it's, it's, it's street smarts. It's not book smarts anymore. Go on YouTube. No, also, I just want to say for the record that like we're not anti-education. We're not anti-education because if you want to go be a lawyer, doctor, you got to go accountant. To yeah, you, you you have to go and do those things. But man, if if you're not getting into one of those type of fields, it may not be worth it. Yeah, and and it's like, you know, I I get to see exactly the the benefit of it, like where it works ideally. Like I look at somebody like my my little brother that he always got like really good grades. He went, got his, you know, accounting degree, went to go work for my father, like, you know, almost <laughs> like Tommy Boyesque, I, like the ideal, right? So goes to work for my dad, you know, like does the whole thing. It's like you you definitely catch the sense that he doesn't have, like his life isn't viewed fulfillingly. Like, he, you know, there are other things that he wants to do with his life, but he's he's satisfied. And, and let me be honest, I am jealous of the people that can be satisfied with the way that things are, the status quo, the ones that, and we all know them. They live in like a decent sized house. They drive a decent enough car. Their life is decent enough, decent enough wife, decent enough kids. Everything's decent. They spend the weekends, grab a couple drinks, watch a football game. Life's great. It's peachy. They're satisfied. But I don't know about you guys. I'm sure you can relate to this. Mm -hmm. it's, it just doesn't fill me. It just doesn't feel like enough. I feel like there's a calling to do something more. So I do feel like in a traditional sense, the whole college route works great for the decents of the world. But for those that are searching for a little bit more, that self-discovery is self-taught. You have to go out there and find it. And a college degree will not help you get there. I see. So you have you have a LinkedIn boot camp, right? You and Shay have LinkedIn boot camp. I, you know, Boot camp is a scary word to me, but like <laughs> LinkedIn University, like to, you're teaching people what, what what no one could teach in high school. Oh, no I fought her on it. I fought her on it. Trust me. <laughs> the boot camp. Not there's anything yeah, wrong with yeah. uh, the, the name boot camp, but boot camps. I mean, like I'm, I'm I don't want to like you know. I think boot camp is just like running through muck, right? Like yes, you know. So yes. what is what is your boot camp? What are you teaching people? Right. So um, the first stage is obviously like profile optimization, right? You want your profile to, your profile is like your billboard. It's your website. Like we live in 2020. Um, how many people are actually like going, like actively searching for a website? It's not as, um, as much as prior, you know, like when social media was not a factor, right? right. So now more people are on social media. The, the whole idea behind this is how do we reduce friction, right? Like traditional marketing, you would watch commercial on, on television, you would have to pick up your phone, you'd have to dial the number, you'd have to talk to somebody, you'd have to book an appointment. That is a lot of friction. There are a lot of opportunities. If the dog distracts you, if the kid distracts you while you're watching the commercial, now all of a sudden you didn't, you didn't make the connection, you didn't call, right? So what we're doing is we're trying to remove as much of the friction as possible. I mean, think about it. If you, you go to my, you watch my content, you click my profile, you book an appointment. How easy is that? It's click, right. click, click. So that's really why the profile is so important because 
it's like my website. I don't have an active website because I don't need it. My LinkedIn profile is my my entire website. It talks about my services. It's one big ad of what I do. And then my content is all giving. It yeah. is, it's the funnel. It's just, how can I provide value? How can I show what I do? How can I show my expertise? But more than anything else, I want to show likability so that people want to work with me. I think that a lot of the mistakes that people make with their content is they focus just on the value, just on the information. But it's like, you want people to want to work with you. You want people to want to pick you because then price is not a variable. If you're just giving the value, if you're just giving information, great, I could Google that. But what what are the variables that I can't Google? Because those are gonna make the decision whether I go with you or I go with somebody else, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that that is a factor. So the first thing that we do is we teach people how to optimize their profiles, how to opti- optimize that website that is their profile. The next step is writing scripts. If you guys think that I just go into these videos off the cuff and just start talking. It's just, it's not the reality, you know? So there is a certain um, way of structuring a script for it to constantly keep your attention because it's not like a commercial. With a commercial, remember like how we'd have to just like sit through them and like wait until it was over for the next thing to happen. When it comes to social media content, especially on LinkedIn, you got the power of the scroll. You can just keep moving your thumb and looking at the next thing, the next thing. So what can I do to get people to stop and stare and stick around until the end? That's really where that script writing element is so important. And we can teach you how to do that. And then, you know, the final variable is more related to, you know, like how do you, you, anybody could have a big hit. Anybody can have that one video that goes viral. Yep. But how do you do that over and over and over and over right. again? Because it takes about 10 interactions. This is what they say. It takes about 10 interactions before a person finally decides to pick up the phone and call you, book an appointment. So, right. you know, like those are all things like a lot of people just think it's dropping a link and posting an article and people are going to come to you for business. There is so much psychology, sociology, community building creativity, art behind creating these leads, creating these business opportunities. And really that's what we teach all of these executives to do while at the same time bringing a lot of their own spirit and energy into the, the production. That's what we did. We When we started the podcast, we're like, you know, when we're, we're like me, my brother and my mother, like we're, we sell the company, right? Like we'll go on business meetings and we'll take people out to dinner and we'll have 20 people from an office and we'll go take them out to the palm and we're doing our thing. And we're, you know, we're talking about diet. We're talking about exercise. We're talking about everything but business. And we're like, Hmm, we can take a bunch of people out. We can take 20 people out to dinner. We can reach 20 people. Um, and then we were like, but what happens if we create a show, we can reach 200 people or 2000 people or 20,000 right. people. Right. And then, and then it's, it's, it's the, it's the holistic picture of connecting with our target audience online for our business, let's say that's, you know, people in the travel industry, connect, 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 just nonstop connecting to, you know, you, 64 a day, however, however many LinkedIn is allowed, you just go and connect, then you create content. And then, uh, you start posting and they see your face. And then all of a sudden when they show up at their, at your office, when you show up at their office, they're like, huh, I know you, exactly. oh, wait, you, 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 po- you posted content. And then it's bumping into them at the Starbucks when you're at that travel convention. 
And then they're like, oh, hey, what's going on? I watch your content all the time. And you say, oh, yeah, you know, this is so great. We got to, you know, let's go out to lunch sometime. And then it's it's all about the long game of where when you create content, you become, you you don't have, there's no introduction necessary. Exactly. You, 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 can, you can just go directly in and then you can just start talking about what makes you, you. And then you say, oh, by the way, we own a global car service and you should totally use us. We'll take great care of you. Because the funny thing is like, in our business, everybody has the same cars. Everybody has the same drivers. Everybody shows up on time, right? They're all new. The drivers are all trained properly. Everybody's got the same technology. So why use us? Exactly. And, that, and that's the same thing with what you're doing. Why use you? It's because it's you. Because exactly. they're, they're using you. And I think people have to understand that once you crack that code, you can that's, just, you can kill it in, in the world, not, not just online. That's yes. Tommy boy. It's, yes. it's, you know, people are buying you, not, not chicken wings. I can, yeah. right. I right. can shit in a box and market guaranteed, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I wouldn't recommend but, it, but, but, I'm, but, but I'm just, I'm, you know, I want to so, Jonathan, you using, you're using LinkedIn, not only as a business tool, but also as a personal tool. I, I was, I was kind of shocked when I watched this video um, that you're, you putting yourself out there, um, even your, you know, stuff that's wrong with you physically. And right, I right. commend you, I commend you big time for doing that. Um, I understand you have an issue that you, you technically can't have children at this point in your life. Right. Right. And it's because you apparently do not have any sperm. Correct. That's correct. Why would you put that out there? Like what, what, what's your reasoning behind it? How did it make you feel? Please go into that. Yeah, yeah. I, I there's there's so much to unpack, but I'll try to keep it as quick as possible. So the first variable was is I've been on LinkedIn for quite a while now, right? So um, there's a certain degree of comfort that I have in sharing information. But one thing that I recognized, and uh, I got called out by Shay and, and you know some of the others in the company, and they were like, you know, John, you never you never talk about yourself. You know, you always talk about like you know value LinkedIn marketing advice, you know, even some funny content, but you know, you never talk about yourself. And as you start like kind of looking introspectively at yourself, you start recognizing, well, that's an insecurity. I, I was under the belief that nobody would want to know anything about me specifically. They, you know, people are here because of the value I bring, not the person behind the value. Right. So, um, I remember when I was going through this whole thing with, you know, my infertility, um, there just wasn't a lot of resources online. Like most of the belief was, is that this is kind of like a women's thing. I remember going to a couple of clinics and the rule was I had to bring my partner with me. Um, like I had to bring my wife if I wanted to enter the infertility clinic. And like, I just felt like that was so wrong. I was like, right. okay, like at the time, like me and my partner were on the skids. We weren't like really, you know, because I wanted her to make her own decision. You know, right. like you never want to be in a position if you can't have kids, like that's not to say your partner has to stick around and has, you know, so at the time we, we had created some distance, you know, to be fair to her, but I still wanted to do my part to, you know, fix my body or see if I had options. And these infertility clinics would not let me in. So, you know, the more I researched, the more I realized there is not enough conversations online about men and their struggle, because this is like, you know, like not having to be able, like, like if you look at me like aesthetically, like I'm a bigger guy and it's like, got you know, got all my hair and like a beard and, you know, you would assume, okay, this is a very healthy, normal man 
that has the capabilities of having children only to find out like I can't, right? So it's not that I was trying to be the poster child for the conversation, but I, there were so many resources that I wish I had. And I know that this is happening to men because statistics say that almost half of men will have some type of infertility struggle. Yet, mm -hmm. like only like 7% will actively have conversations with other men about it because mm -hmm. it is such an insecurity. So I basically said like enough was enough. I created enough distance from myself and the, the emotional turmoil of the moment so that if there was any negative repercussions or negative comments, it wouldn't impact me emotionally, right? So if you're if you're considering being more vulnerable online, I would I would encourage you create distance between you and the event so that you know those negative comments, those negative thoughts that people share with you, because you will hundred percent get them, um, they don't impact you as much. They don't hurt you as much. You know, you're stronger than it at this point. So um, yeah, I shared it and it was uh, the feedback was overwhelmingly positive. I can't tell you how many messages I received from men that um, had shared, uh, you know, some some advice. I don't have the answer yet. Still searching for it, but I feel like I'm a little bit closer. And 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 not only that, to know that I have all these resources and friends that actually care about me, and and it's not just my my content was really the lesson that I learned from that whole experience. That's an unbelievable story. And like I said, I I know we mentioned this before. Call, and this could could be for guys out there called Dr. Harry Fish, F-I-S-C-H. He's in the city. It took Manhattan. Me, in Manhattan. It took me one year uh, for, for my wife and I to get pregnant. And it turned out I had an E. coli infection in wow. my semen and we, we couldn't get pregnant. And I, I, I went and I took a course of antibiotics and I, I talked to Dr. Fish. He's, he's a, he's a friend to you. And he said uh, there was a guy who had what you had. He, I don't think he even had testicles. I think his testicles never descended or anything. Wow. And he's like, and I found that sperm. This this guy, he's he's a Park Avenue doctor, amazing yeah, guy. He's on Dr. Oz all the time. He's on, he's on Dr. Oz. He wrote a book called The Ma I wish you get the him mail, podcast, The Male Biological know. Clock. You know, Mike, that's a great idea. I'm gonna I'm gonna email him. The male biological clock. Please reach out to him. He could probably help you, I'm sure, via Zoom or whatever. And obviously, you know say Michael Oaken recommended he'll know exactly who it is. Um, but you doing that, I applaud you for going on and, and, and being a man about it because you're right, right there. There's not a lot of content for guys like us out there. And we had Thomas DeLauer on, um, I would say America about a, two, three weeks ago, Tom DeLauer has two and a half million followers on YouTube. He is the 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 poster definition for of, keto, you know, poster child for keto, <laughs> intermittent fasting. And, you know, he lost a hundred pounds and he puts himself out there of how his, 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 uh, stretch marks are. And he said, there's no, there's no content for guys no. that, that, and, and what you're doing. And I, and I got to tell you, this is, uh, this isn't even really a criticism, but the LinkedIn community are, is, is golden. They are the nicest people. I've been on LinkedIn now for about a year, year and a half and really posting hardcore and the response is just always so you got this dude we can do this you know yeah let's do it blah 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 if you posted that same video on twitter 
Oh my gosh! Yeah, they would tear you. Oh apart. my gosh! Well, yeah, so like you just have, you want you attention. Have, yeah, like I know. Oh my god, I know. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, and like I'm not anti Twitter. Twitter to me is like cotton candy. It's like oh my god. <laughs> if you got it's the like, thick skin, if you got thick skin, it's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but the people on Twitter, I could post one simple thing of I'm not sending my kids to school, and I will get people on the left, people on the right saying you're psychotic. Why you? You know, so it's like your story you're in a very good place on linkedin if you have a thick skin and you want to put that on twitter youtube also has some really crazy comments there's people out there who are not they're not happy and they're I trolled. have a belief i have a belief yeah. of why this is the case please like tell why us. is linkedin so utopia so perfect so great so positive yes. in comparison to all of the other social media process uh, other social media platforms so first and foremost there is no dislike button, right? So inherently, right. you can't just dislike it. Number two, there is no anonymous or usernames, right? Mm. When you don't have anonymous, you got to show your face. And when you don't have a username to hide behind, it's your actual name. But third, like most of us, you can you have a direct line to our bosses, to the companies that we work for. So we have to be hypersensitive with what we endorse, what we put out there on LinkedIn, because it can, and I've seen it come back to people. So I do believe that all of those factors play into why it seems so positive there. Your reputation's on your line. Your personal brand's on your on the line. There are so many, very, your, your other employees are there. So people do play it very safe. Are you a believer in the law of attraction? Is the sky blue? Yes, of course. I, I so, feel like uh, yeah, everything that's happened. Yeah. Who have absolutely. you? Who, who have you studied? Or who are there any books that you've read or YouTubers or anything like that? Not not anybody specifically. Like I mean, I think that we've all watched The Secret, and you know, right. we all have like uh, you know, book, Eric. <laughs> Keep talking. Keep yeah, talking. we we all have like those resources that we go to towards manifesting, but I've never actually studied it. I wrote this book. I self-published it. All right. I don't like to promote my stuff, but I he does do. it every episode. But I do it every episode, but I, I kind of put the disclaimer in. I wrote this book called just ask the universe. It's a hundred pages and I still, it's nine years on Amazon, nine years on Amazon. Wow. And it's still in the top 100 most read books in spirituality. No way. I got wow. this. This book is linked up with the secret and it it's, it's a small manual on how to get what you want. Right, just right. straight up that we're a species of want. We need things. Right. We want things. And the way you tell your story, with the way you told your story about Chris Jericho, that this is your childhood hero. That's no um, accident. That's no accident. Th that's not no, that's, not that's at all. you no. you program your subconscious mind that you were gonna meet Chris Jericho. It was gonna happen. You were gonna shake without, his a, hand question. Hand. without and a question. And it, it literally like it just One, breaks yeah. it down in there. One of the other books, and we say this all the time, uh, that's so easy to 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 listen to and to and to read also is called The Science of Getting Rich. Because it's not about being rich; it's about living a fulfilling and luxurious life the way that it's right. meant to. You know, it's a way it's meant to be lived. That book is it's. There's life before reading just uh, the science of getting rich, and there's life after reading that. Do you have and, any recommended reading? Do you have any? Do you have any books that have influenced you throughout the years? Oh my gosh, um, my my favorite is probably uh, How to Win Friends and Influence People. Mm -hmm. I feel like. Uh, very easy read. You know, it's like, I think it was like published in the twenties or thirties. So it's a little, you know, it's a little bit dated, but I, I, I believe that like in terms of like developing the framework for how to speak on camera, like 
not necessarily diff difficult to speak on camera, but it is a little bit challenging to make it as though you're speaking to that one person specifically so that they feel like the message is catered towards them specifically. I think that that is an art form. So I felt like that book kind of helped me do that. And I use a lot of those uh, different tools um, in, in, in all of my stuff, even today. So definitely recommend that one. It's amazing. Very cool. That's amazing. Jonathan, where can people find you? How do you get 40,000 people on LinkedIn? Like, <laughs> that's a, I'm like struggling to get the amazing. 10. Like how, it's like it's I approaching have, fifty to be fair. Well, like, like let's call it fifty. How? Like, I have ten thousand. I have ten thousand, and majority of that was me mining it. Really? Yeah. yeah. Um. Like I, I think I got in the very beginning. I know that I was doing a lot more of the reaching out, but I think that you know a lot of it is a like a lot of it's affiliation who you're associated with on LinkedIn. You know, like your big influence, your Gary Vaynerchuk's, your Tony Robbins, like they don't have as much influence on LinkedIn because um, like this is a community where it's like a networking event. People want to feel like they can approach you, they can talk to you, they can reach out to you for a podcast. And, you know, some of these individuals, they're kind of on a pedestal, they're hard to reach. So because of that, because they're kind of like above us, if you will, we can't have like a one-on-one -on -one conversation with them. So LinkedIn is very, not a very like influencer culture per se, when it comes to outside popularity, we're, we're like a very close community when it comes to that. We empower people that are kind of at our level. They're on LinkedIn daily interacting with us. So I do feel like that's been an element, but it, there also is a snowball effect. It's like anything else, right? Mm -hmm. Like you notice that um, like the branches of the tree, the more people that you reach, the more people start interacting. So it was kind of like, you know, the first like five months, I probably had about 10,000. And then three months after that, I had 25, 30,000 and now I'm approaching 50,000. So, you know, it's just like, there is the snowball effect is definitely a thing. The more people I mean, you reach, the more start to come in. Shay is like the queen on LinkedIn. Yeah. She, yeah she's, she is, she's top she's dog. <laughs> how many, how many, how many followers does she have? Oh, close to 500,000. Yeah. That is awesome. And uh, she went in one year from when I met her, she was at 160,000 around this time last year, 160. Now she's at almost half a million. So yeah, there's, there's that, there's that snowball at work. She's a smart businesswoman. I got to tell you, yeah. my, my final question for you is what would have been your finishing move if you were to wrestle on air? My finishing move. Yeah. yeah like that is that that is that's a good one um i, I can tell you mine it. i can tell you mine oh, I was a huge fan of the pile driver and the eric and i used to, yeah eric and i used to wrestle when we were kids in we still, our, we still do we still do i still shake his ass that's not, <laughs> that's not true that's not true at all that's not true at all no but eric and i we i used to do the pile driver on eric and i almost broke his neck like three times but otherwise like that was you, uh, you got the rule is you got to go to the knees you never go to the yeah butt. yeah well i didn't know you that when I, was, the knees. I didn't yeah. know that when i was six years old you know right so right because people no people get stingers what happens is they're like they, like unless you like and that's the thing that's that's a part of the art like you have to hug the guy really hard yep. but if you're not positioned perfectly when you like go to hug him like uh yeah your head will be kind of like on the outside boom it'll bump off that mat and like despite what people think yes there is like foam padding but right under that is wood so you are like spiking wood so right. you, gotta, you gotta be well, careful i gotta hear your finishing move though 
What's your favorite? I, I think it. I think it'd be the stunner. I think it's the stunner because, like, I love the moves that they can come out of nowhere. There's no yeah. setup, and you can literally nail it on anybody, right? Like, you know, what's the I stunner? What's the, the stunner? Stu- like the the stole cold stunner. So basically, like, you hook the guy's head, right? Like, you you hook his head, and then you just drop with him. So uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin was famous for it because it's kind of like an, an out of nowhere move. It doesn't take a ton of technique. So you know, like, if you're fighting a seven foot two big show. Like I can't choke slam Big Show, but I could I can nail him with a stunner. So yeah, I I go with that. Your That's... your your bicep dude was like touching the top of the screen. It was like, <laughs> it was like a Popeye bicep. Maybe, maybe maybe like the shirt's baggy. Like yeah, maybe maybe the shirt's a little baggy. You're, looking, <laughs> look, you're fucking ripped, dude. Do you work you're... out every day? Um, like, yeah, like all of this is by design. Like I kept my hair long because I know that's like WWE's thing. I'm still pretty, like I'm in great shape because if WWE does call one of these days, I want to make sure I'm ready. Like I'm camera ready tomorrow if they need to call. Have and, you dressed uh, kind of up? Have you dressed up on LinkedIn as a wrestler yet? Never, never. Dad, but don't be surprised. You guys are hearing it first year. Like that is, that is a long-term plan because I think that it's important to the story. Like I shared with you guys, but it's about... It, it's a process. It's a process of, okay, you know, like now I'm ready to touch on this point or that. Point. Right. So yeah, it, it, we'll get there though. We'll get there first. Jonathan, where can people find you? Please plug Link- whatever you got. LinkedIn, baby. Just yeah, LinkedIn. Just, <laughs> LinkedIn. Just LinkedIn. Jonathan that's Palmer. it. That's it. Yeah. Like that's going to be my home for a long time. And uh, so if you do want to find somewhere that I'm actually active, that you can actually find me, my recommendation is go to LinkedIn, type in Jonathan Palmer. They'll have the details, I'm sure. And uh, yeah, just ask me a question. I'm, you know, I, just, I live there. Just for everyone's frame of reference, I messaged Jonathan and I'm like, hey, I, you know, we've had this person, this person, and this person on our podcast. We'd love for you to come on. And he's like, let's do it. I'm like, so you never know the, the power. <laughs> you never know the power of a cold email, uh, Jonathan, or a cold have, message, or a cold DM. It works. Did you have fun? You had fun on Oaken Bros. Oh my god, I've I had so much fun. I felt like, uh, yeah, like I just felt like the conversation, the, the way that you guys structured it, the fact that you're both like on both sides of me, I kind of like feel pressure to really like deliver. We're tag where you're gonna teaming. start. Like, yeah, exactly. We're, we're tag teaming. <laughs> yeah. No, like, go get him eric go right, get him right, right, here right. it comes in with a hook line there you go yeah. i love it well, i love it thank you for Jonathan, coming thank on, you for Jonathan. coming on man and uh we're, g- we're gonna sign off right now hang out for one second right? everyone like subscribe share smash the notification button smash it follow jonathan on linkedin this man knows exactly what he's talking about he you know he'll make you successful thank you guys thank you guys